American corn farmers, a proud and chosen profession inspired through generations. Tested, resilient, and committed to giving back as much as they're growing, pushing the boundaries of what's possible with every bushel, while replenishing every increasingly precious resource, like the reduction of soil loss by 40% with every acre grown. In a world where sustainability matters more than ever, we need all the help we can get. And there's no greater resource than the capable hands of American corn farmers. Starting the conversation, helping millennials uncover their potential personally and professionally is what empowerment coach and motivational speaker Paige Johnson is all about. Paige, one of some, truly does that. Two years ago, she came up with the idea to start a YouTube channel, which transforms into a more video content and engagement on Instagram now. The discussion-based Instagram forum created by a millennial that recognizes this generation needs a space to discuss the things millennials are thinking about and experiencing, but not saying it out loud. Paige has amazing topics from my self-defeating monologue or stop asking friends for discount. Mm, don't I know it. <laughs> Negotiating your salary. Power of positivity. Millennial representation. Get ready. This uh, this was really an exciting conversation. And my second guest in the studio, which is always awesome. So yeah, get ready. It's time to hear some words of wisdom from a millennial, okay? In today's Can CC podcast with special guest Paige Johnson. Welcome to the Black Canadian Content Creators Podcast. I'm super excited because I have the second guest, second Woo-hoo. person in studio right here with me. Yes, I'm I'm probably more excited than you are. I was driving here, blasting music, and then at the stop signs, I would take Instagram and I'm recording like I'm going to be on the Black Canadian Content Creators Podcast, guys. Look out for it. I am so excited. I, I was just saying earlier before the, I don't know what happened with producer mm, there. Gotta love him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm outing you. <laughs> uh, we're talking about like the different. This is how I know the difference of millennials and mm-hmm. my generation. How it's just natural for you to go on Instagram. Yes, you know what I mean. Do a boomerang, and for me, I wait later, and I'm like, oh man, I should have done that. Yeah, I think it's almost like you know when you go to the movies and there's all of the previews in the beginning. We're trying to give the public a preview to our life. So it's coming true. soon. To when I was driving here, that was the preview. Coming soon, I'm going to be on this podcast. Then we're going to record something while we're talking. And then when I leave, I'm going to be like, hey, guys, it's done, you know, because I can't obviously handle just dealing with myself. I have to let the masses know what yes. is going on with me. Yes. Uh, well, thank you so much for being no, on the thank show. Thank you I for have having Paige me. here. Uh, Paige Johnson. Yes. Is that cool? Uh, is that cool? Miss <laughs> <laughs> Paige actually is um, a motivational speaker and empowerment coach. And an amazing content creator. She's on YouTube. She does these amazing Instagram, you know, conversations that makes you really think. And I really was like fascinated by what you're doing. And I was like, I got to have this girl on the show. And so your Instagram and your YouTube is page one of some. Yes. How'd you, what inspired the name? 
Okay, so we'll throw it all the way back to my younger days when um, I remember being in middle school and, you know, you go around the class and they do the attendance. Who's here? Paige. So people would make fun of my name. So I would be so mad because I'm like, why would my parents give me the name Paige? Because people would be like, Paige, like paper. Turn the page, you know? And then my younger sister, (laughs) they give her the name Aaliyah. So I'm like, how does this even happen? And, you know, like the younger sibling, they always get the better version of everything. So um, as time went on, realizing there's nothing I can do with name and I have to embrace it, um, I'm like, why not make a play off of Paige? So Paige, one of some, because I talk so often too, it's almost like a page out of my book. So instead of page one out of 365, it's page one of something else that I'm going to talk about because it isn't such a focused topic. There's so many things going on with me. There's so many things going on with millennials. So that's where it came from. That's so, that's very dope and um, when did you start with your now did you start with youtube first or instagram first yeah i was doing a mixture of both so initially i was um doing full videos on youtube and i was doing the previews on instagram so Mm -hmm. i'll do an exciting part of the segment and then um i would have say a video ranging from 10 to 15 minutes on youtube um but my background is marketing and branding and I felt like doing the two it was a little more difficult for me and based on what I was speaking about having more condensed videos worked better mm-hmm. um so now my main focus is Instagram and um so I'll break apart the videos have things say under 5 minutes because you know a lot of the conversations too with millennials is our um the word I'm thinking our okay we'll cut that part out <laughs> because then it sounds really bad um <laughs> So in terms of marketing with millennials, it was so much easier to do Instagram. And I felt like I was a lot more aware of the Instagram engagement levels. And I'm still educating myself on how to better my brand on YouTube. So I'm still doing both. But the focus of my content is all Instagram. So you're now well, before we get into deeper into your content, I'd Mm -hmm. love to know more about you. You mentioned you have a marketing background. Mm -hmm. What was it like growing? What was it like mini page? What did she want to be when she grew up? Oh, my goodness. So ironically, this says a lot about me and a lot of the changes I've made. So at such a young age, um, I was never one of those girls that was like, oh, I want to get married. I want to, you know, I want a home. I want all of that stuff. I always said or not. Sorry. I wasn't one of those young girls that were always talking about marriage and plan my dream wedding. I was always saying, you know, I'm going to be independent. And I want at least two properties and I'm going to be famous. So I would tell everybody like I would I remember when I first learned what a signature was, I would make up a signature and I would give it to people and say, I'm going to be famous. So hold on to this. I did the same. Right. Yes. I practiced at a young age my signature. Yeah. And it's just scribbles or it's like when you just learn cursive. But I felt like I was manifesting without even realizing. And Mm. um, that was my whole energy that was it I I'm said I'm gonna be famous like why would I not I talk so much and realistically I don't have a talent like I'm not good at sports I I don't really do anything except over talk so why not use what I'm good at and apply it towards something else so growing up I was in plays um I actually met someone and they asked me to do Lion King so I'm like this is my big break I'm gonna be Lion King I had big curly hair like mm-hmm. I was a great actor. like the actual play like to yeah do- when it was coming to Toronto whenever this was like I don't know I was in grade two or three okay and then they said can you sing and I'm like oh like out loud like two people yeah I'm like oh and then they're like we well, have to take singing lessons I'm like all right mom dad it's not gonna work out you know I'll just stick to the talk show and then um it's honestly really sad because 
I was actually looking back at my LinkedIn a few weeks ago and my bio and my LinkedIn says, when I realized I could never be a famous talk show host, I implemented blah, blah, blah skills and now I'm in the blah, blah, blah industry. So I came to the realization that I just kind of cut out all of my daydreaming and all of my thoughts of what I could be because society basically said like, no, you can't or mm-hmm. you're not doing enough or I was comparing myself to other people. And then that's where I got to the point I am. But at a young age, I was just always getting in trouble for speaking. So oh my like gosh. on all of my report cards, it was like, she's a good student, but she's like very social in the classroom or she's talking too much. Or I go to like a dance class and then be talking more than dancing. And yeah, so that was just my whole, that was me just speaking. So <laughs> so then you got into like marketing. Yes. In uh, university. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to hear about that story yeah okay how did you get into that so initially i um was going to go to school for broadcasting okay so i figured if i'm not going to be in front of the screen i could be on the radio yeah. and um it's an unfortunate story actually so one of my friends was murdered and um it was all over the media and we had a lot of psychologists and social workers at our school and because it was posted everywhere and I was kind of going around talking to people in the classroom and the social workers and psychologists are like, you have a way of speaking to people. You need to get in this. So I'm like, maybe this is not what I should be doing. Maybe I shouldn't be on TV or broadcasting. Like I need to help people. And in um, school, I was really good with psychology and I was very interested in the behavioral component of people and why people do the things that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe it, I, kind of associate it to be my calling because I'm almost there helping out my friend. Like my, maybe this happened and it's opening up a path for whatever. So I kind of just went all into psychology going into university and not realizing when you're in psychology or when you're in university that psychology is more neurology whereas psychology in high school is more behavioral. Mm. So when it came towards all the behavioral courses, I was amazing. Those 20-page papers did not phase me. Presentations, great. But the other side of everything, the neurology and the brain development, it wasn't the most exciting thing for me. Yeah. Um, but all of my electives were media and communications courses. So it's communications, it's PR, marketing, branding, and so on and so forth. Um, so long story short, I was failing university. So my electives, I was getting extremely high grades. I'm getting 80s and 90s. But I'm in my actual major. I got a letter that I was going to be on academic probation. A lot of people don't actually this, but academic probation. and then. I got another letter saying I'm going to go um, next the following year. If I don't get a certain average, they're going to suspend me. And it was such a hard kind of time for me because I'm like, what happened? Like, Where was this moment where every, I dropped the ball on everything? Why did you think you dropped the ball? Um, I think, honestly, I think dealing with things that, like the passing of my friend, I didn't fully deal with it because I was so immersed in helping other Mm, people. But mm -hmm. also too, I think it was just a different life being in university. Like it was living on my own really wasn't the issue. I don't know if it was even the freedom of, okay, I could do as I please. And there's no one on your back to be like, you have to do this, you have to do that. And then partying. And I think I was so used to things coming to me so easily. So I'm like, oh, well, Usually the teacher will like me, so they'll just yeah. pass me, you, you know? Could, you and could talk your yeah, way. Yeah, I could yeah. talk my way through it. Yeah. And I think when one thing went wrong, things just kept piling up, mm-hmm. and I just became so overwhelmed, and I was just not in a good space mentally, I feel like, and I wasn't really putting myself first, and I had 
the stresses of work and I would put other things ahead of what was important. And I kind of lost sight of my personal value of education. And then what made things worse is when I decided to make the change, I went to speak to an academic advisor in the psychology department. And I'm like, this is what I'm going through and I need to, you know, make things happen for myself. And he told me to just drop out of school. So he's like, well, look at your grades. You're not going to make it. So you might as well just drop out. Um, unfortunately, you can't go to another school because we block you out of all, like the whole school system here. So really, yeah. So he kind of just brushed me off. So I was kind of in a lower point when that's someone that you know they're hired for you to go to them to make you feel better, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the media and communications advisor, someone referred me to. Her. So I went to her just with the mentality that she's going to tell me too bad for me, and I'm going to have to actually go to my parents and be like, hey, at I'm the getting same kicked university? out. At my same school, yeah. Wow. So each department has a different advisor. So right. I spoke to the advisor um, for the media and communications program, which is where all my electives were, and she was like, Paige, why are you worrying? Like, look at your marks here. Look at the person you are. Let's change this around, and let's make it happen for you. And I changed my major in my third year of university. So I was supposed to wow. be there four years. So she worked with me where I only had to stay in school for an additional year. So I went from failing basically university in those first three years um, to graduating with honors and media and communications, the whole marketing and branding realm kind of brought me full circle to what I actually know and love. We're not only branding myself, but helping other people brand them, whether it's personally and professionally, but we're also in a day and age with the internet and different brands and advertisements and those messages. So to be able to decipher where those messages are coming from and what they actually mean, I think it gave me an upper hand. And also too, I feel like communications is, or communication in general is has become an art. It's about to be lost. People That's struggle true. so hard to communicate with others because we're such in a computer computer mediated industry. So to even have a degree in that Like, I've had so many potential employers say the fact that you even went to school for this is life-changing because the world is, it's not happening like that. Really? Yeah, so I was told by a couple different companies when I got out of school. Like, what are they seeing that, like... Well, what they're saying is, um, just speaking, the art of conversation is now being lost. And I found that, too, with a lot of the papers that I wrote in university, that even what we're doing right now is not, it doesn't really happen. Like, if you think about it, when you're talking to friends or family members, even a lot of people with their kids. Like when my when I lived at home and my parents would say it's time to eat, they're calling me saying, come down and eat. I'd be at other friends' houses and their parents will text them to say, okay, it's time for dinner. <laughs> you know, like at my <laughs> that home. That is, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, so different. Yeah. And then with jobs now, like you, a lot of people, we don't have meetings. We'll have, okay, well, here's an email or like relationships. Like you're texting, you're having a texting argument. Why are you not speaking? <laughs> Like, why can't you, why can't you yell face to face? Like, what is the problem, right? Yeah. So um, the owner of my current company, he was saying that communications or just speaking is something that people will be able to put as a skill on their resume because I know it's really sad. It's like actually really depressing, but this is what technology is doing. That's interesting you say that because I have a a teenage Mm -hmm. son. We have a teenage son and I see it in terms of like he's always had challenge in terms of communication. Mm-hmm. That's just the way his brain is wired. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, with what you mentioned, the technology aspect, mm-hmm. and I find like the the younger generation are um, almost has anxiety 
when it yes. comes to having a conversation one-on-one, like mm-hmm. well, like you mentioned, like we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? I do. I actually went to a conference on multi-generational communication, and we discussed each generation, and um, there's basically a life event that occurred at that time, which is why generations act the way that they do. And when they talked about, or when they discussed Generation Z or Generation Z, which is, um, how old did you say your son was? He's 19. 19. So he's- I think around. Yeah, yeah so yeah. he's around um, our age group. But they were saying that with the life events that we see in the news, so um, unfortunately with the mass shootings and mm-hmm. any of those attacks, we correlate our cell phones to safety. That's our only way to get in touch with our parents. That's our only way to get in touch with families. And so they, they reference that as why we have our phones in general. But pertaining to your question about us and... Like, do you see that with the younger generation? Because you, I mean, we mm-hmm. earlier in the show, we talked about millennials and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm generation Y, X, generation X. That's mm-hmm. who I am, yeah. right? And then you as a millennial, like, do you see this aspect of anxiety or mm-hmm. how technology affects the younger generation yes. in terms of communication? Okay, yes. In terms of communication, 100%, because I remember being younger, speaking to my friends on the phone. Now everybody wants to text me that's true or how you had mentioned me wanting to post things on instagram right so i will post things on instagram on my page one of some page because it's promoting my business and i need to be out there but on my personal page yes sometimes i might have that delay where i don't want to post it right away but i feel like with cell phones people want to show that they're in the moment without actually being moment Mm. so i think there's the pros and the cons of having technology but i think the biggest issue that my generation has is living through the screen (laughs) so i've traveled i've done so much traveling and i remember i did a trip to europe by myself and people were just this was like their whole trip it was just holding their cell phone and looking through everything through the screen but they weren't going into those museums they weren't eating the food but they were just taking those pictures and then i'd be calling my mom telling her about all the exciting stuff that i'm seeing and they're like oh, well, I'll just text them or send them a picture. So they, I feel like we feel like those little images or those messages are enough, but we're not feeling or hearing that emotion in someone's voice or that excitement. You know, things are so misconstrued and we don't get that whole experience because we're so obsessed it's true. with our phone. Yeah. What's something that, so, to, you know, phone and we're talking about content creation mm-hmm. and Instagram. What's the type of content specifically that you create now? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I think, like I said, I love them. Oh. They're conversational, <laughs> yeah. conversational type of. It's it's all it's about you're you're taking the time to let people think about different things about themselves, mm-hmm. about self care, about you know whatever. Like mm-hmm. how, you know, was it a moment that specifically changed for you that? you're moving kind of away from YouTube to mm-hmm. more Instagram. Um, I think the moment where I made the change from YouTube to Instagram was looking at my own personal preferences, where if I use Instagram a lot more often, and I know, like personally, sorry, then I know how it works. I know what people are saying. I know what people are doing. And like I mentioned before, it's those engagement levels that make such a difference for me and the attention span as well. And I think it's that immediate access. Previously, when I was posting on YouTube and I would post a promo on Instagram, it would be click the link in the bio. 
But realistically, like I looked at it myself. When people do that, I don't even. Even though it's so simple to click, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so much work. Like, why <laughs> yeah. couldn't you just why post you? a whole video yeah, here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But then I came to the point of recognizing there are people who love YouTube, and I'm kind of missing an entire market not being there. But to better develop my brand, I need to develop it based on what I'm used to and where, like, my masses are. So because with my um, conversations they cater a lot to millennials when we look at the statistics of what most frequently it is instagram and you know they'll go to youtube for certain things snapchat might be a little more personal and all the other apps so on and so forth but i need to build my brand where my demographic is and then expand elsewhere but also bringing my viewers on that journey so as of now i'm doing some more i do linkedin for my company but i'm trying to get millennials more into LinkedIn and the benefits of it because I use it as a business sense but I'm like why can't I post my content on there why can't we be our true selves on LinkedIn so I want to kind of do my research to make sure when I'm speaking to you I'd actually make sense and I'm like, <laughs> like hey try this out and then they're like oh Paige doesn't even know what she's saying and then yeah I lose that level of trust so what do you wish you had known uh when you started out your content oh my gosh I wish I had known that I was enough Mm. I think I, in general, speaking to friends or family members, they will tell you I'm super confident and super talkative. Um, And I'm fine with building rapport with people, whether it's personal or business. But when I started, I didn't think me speaking was enough for people. So Mm. when, um, if you look at my previous videos, when I first started to my recent videos, it was so staged. So the things I was saying was what I'm saying now. However, I don't wear makeup. So I'm trying to buy whatever will match my skin tone oh, to wow. I'm like my skin has to be balanced. I would try and get my lashes done. My hair was and I was on a natural hair journey at that point, too. <laughs> so like it was already a struggle to figure out what to do with my hair, but it had to be perfect. And the way I was speaking, the background had to be consistent. Like I was just overthinking that you know, people have to like the visuals of things and not really care about what I'm saying. And I think I took a three to four month hiatus to kind of really get to know myself on a different level. And if you look at my videos now, it's literally like, okay, I just put my son to bed. I'm going to place the camera wherever the sunlight is. I have no makeup. Half the time my hair is dirty. Mm -hmm. But I think it in that month, I think I came back about a month and a half ago and I gained almost 300 followers being my authentic self. I'm glad you versus, brought that Yeah, up. being the most cookie cutter basic person ever. Because why? Why be like everybody else when you are your own person? Like, who cares? And brands now are leaning towards that. Yes. They're leaning towards the your authentic self. Because mm-hmm. um, it shines through. And, yeah. And that's, you're going to attract people who... Um, has the same ideas as you Mm -hmm. the same you know they move the same way as you do sees the world the same way as you do Mm -hmm. and so I I do that is something there's been a lot of research lately where they're not looking for they want people who you starting to notice on uh, even in commercials they Mm -hmm. want people to look more natural different sizes different heights exactly you know what I mean um and and the authentic self is what's you know people want to see exactly that's where it's moving when it comes Mm -hmm. to branding exactly and I really feel like in terms of personal opportunity for myself um I've always been that person who will uplift others and wants to build someone else's business and 
all of that, but I would never really take that time to look into myself and I'm not vulnerable. So I'm not, I will tell you, I'll be that, you know, that voice in your head that like yelling at you. I'm that voice coming to life, but I would never be my, that voice for myself. Mm. And I think that was the issue. And when I started becoming more vulnerable and talking about things about motherhood or things about, you know, being a millennial in an office where you're the youngest person, where they think that, you know, you don't know too much because you just came out of school. And when I began to share those experiences, that's when opportunity came because people didn't feel like I was just generally helping them. It's more, okay, I've been through that. So let me tell you. So, you know, you don't have to go through these same mistakes or, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. And what's different, I think what I like about your content too, you you very niche, right? Mm-hmm. You're very, A, it's rare to see content from uh for a black perspective mm-hmm. or you know bipoc perspective of that your generation as mm-hmm. millennial um what what made you think i just want to you know obviously you're a millennial mm-hmm. so you're going to but why why specifically you wanted to create your content for them is it to break myths is it to to help because maybe cuz there's this here's the thing mm-hmm. with generation x and boomer boomers there's this concept that millennials are entitled or yes. they have attitude. They don't know. They think they know, but mm-hmm. they don't really know. Yeah. And was that why you wanted to focus in that niche and yeah. that generation? Niche? Um, Honestly, the main re- I always felt like I always heard the stereotypes, of right. course, growing up. And, um, you know, all we care about is travel and avocado toast and so on and so <laughs> forth. And I'm just I would always brush it off because I was, like I said, super confident in my own self. And um, the reason this channel came to be is because I finally entered the corporate world. So in my previous jobs, I was always working with the mixed age, but usually everyone is my age. Mm-hmm. And working in the corporate world where I am literally the youngest person in the office, I'm working at headquarters, I'm with C-level executives, there isn't really anybody my age. Um, I really witnessed the stereotypes, not only towards myself, but if there was younger people in terms of like, we are not there making the decisions when you're marketing to our generation, mm. you know, and we're not being represented in those ways. And even for me with my background, you say they would listen to what I would have to say, but it'd be like, oh, but she's young, doesn't experience, you mm, know? Mm. And um, so aside from even that, the people that I surround myself with, I feel like they're amazing, like this generation, but they don't get it. They don't understand how amazing they are. They don't understand that us as a generation, we are different. We were the last generation that played outside and then entered into technology. So we have the best of both worlds, whereas generations above us, they, didn't, they were introduced to technology at such a later age. The generations below us, their life is technology. Yeah. We're the only generation that has the best of both worlds. And we don't use that to our advantage. And it's so easy for us because most of us receive or dealt with social media. Well, social media, I'll say Facebook, was that social media where you're connecting with friends and family. Once Instagram came into play and we had that direct connection with celebrities, it started messing with our minds because there were always those images projected on television of this is the ideal look. But when you go on Instagram, it's a completely different ballgame. And you're constantly being told, like, you need to look like this. You need to act like this. And for our generation, I want you to realize, like, you are the shit on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, you have so many things going for you, you know. Look at your outlook of things. We're so number-based now that you need to have followers. You need to have likes. Where Everything is based off such stupid stuff, and it's gotten in our head. So what I wanted to do was, 
aside from the corporate world of them realizing that we actually do know what we're talking about, focusing on my generation as a whole, you need to understand that you are it. And if you don't have confidence in yourself and you start, if you can just get out of your head, so much opportunity will come to you. And although my content is focused from a millennial point of view, there is people in different generations that watch my stuff. And the goal of that as well is for them to see that we are not what you think. So even with your platform, you're changing the narrative because as much as you know about black content creators, there is so much stuff projected in the media. There is a lack of representation for minorities. There's a lack of representation for millennials. Like if you could tell me a show or a movie where the millennial was the CEO or we were the decision makers and we weren't just the ones traveling and fighting with our parents and on our cell phones, you know? Right. So the main goal is to change the narrative about us and understanding that we can make it happen the same way the generations before us made it happen. We now have a bigger platform to do so. So why are you just following all this stupid stuff that you see online and, you know, messing up your own mental health and self-esteem thinking you have to look like this and act like this when you were born, you have your purpose, like get your shit together. You're it. Like Mm -hmm. be that person, be you. And that you're told, we're told so often that we are not enough. I need to invite you back on the show. (laughs) We can go on for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I know. But this is like only a 30-minute show. I know. I need to stop. <laughs> I'm like getting so into it. I'm sweating. <laughs> like millennials, get it together. Get it together right now. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Uh, see, see, what you just heard with Paige, this is what you get when you yeah. follow her on YouTube and you see some of the, like, some of the videos, the amazing conversation and videos that you do on Instagram. This is what you get right here, like what you just heard. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you? I want to invite you back because I oh, think we should fine. do like fun games like myths different myths about millennials i would love that you know what i mean things like that Mm -hmm. and because i I can go on (laughs) yeah honestly oh me too i have a whole (laughs) channel about it i am always here to talk (laughs) what do you have coming up because you say you motivational speaker and empowerment yes so So you're doing that through not just with instagram but what other areas yeah so um in terms of the motivational speaking i have already spoken at um, other women in fitness events and lifestyle and mental health so just sharing my own story in terms of being a new mom and the pressures of social media. Um, so I'll speak to big groups regarding that. Mm, that's well, that's what I've subject. already done. That's a good yes. subject. Um, that's what I have done already in the past. And good of topic. course, amazing working with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a couple different um, opportunities coming up that I can't speak too clearly on. So that's why you're going to have to come back. Exactly. So I'm and, doing some and, stuff with some colleges and some bigger brands, which is super exciting, hosting some events. Um, and then the empowerment coaching business. So I was really focusing on brand consulting, but the empowerment coaching, it encompasses so many parts of your life. Like I am all for your business development and growing that brand. I'm there for that. But your personal development and understanding who you are and what you can be is such a big thing to me. Um, talking about motherhood, talking about fitness. There is just so many things that we can discuss, but to so the empowerment coaching encompasses all of that. So understanding your potential and how things that may have held you back in the past will elevate you and sharing your story and making you amazing the future so empowerment coaching motivational speaking i'm always here for it well, we're gonna have to talk about that yes once, once you can talk about it we'll have you <laughs> yes. back you could share what you're you're doing with that um so people can find you on instagram that's page one of some yes. page the number one of some s-o-m-e and that will be in the description 
uh, where people can follow you. And thank you so much thank for being here. Thank you for having here. me. Thank you for creating this platform. Thank Honestly, you. I don't think you realize how wicked it is because it you just, are making a difference. Thank you. It just, it's, it needed, it was needed. I was yeah. like, I, you know, I appreciate my American cousins and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all, like, we're yeah. here too. Exactly. Don't forget about us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Till next time. Yes. That was Empowerment Coach, Motivational Speaker, Paige Johnson from Page One of Some. Here's a cool testimonial I found about Paige from uh, Gracia, who is a young business professional. She shared, Paige has helped instill confidence and belief in myself through her individual consultation and motivational speeches. She's been instrumental on helping me identify my strength to brand my professional career. Paige is an incredible mentor, and I'm grateful for her support and belief in my future endeavor. Definitely check out Page One of Some. That's Page P-A-I-G-E, the number one of some, S-O-M-E, all one word on Instagram. Very amazing quotes, motivational talk, truthful, honest, transparent conversation that she starts and makes you think. And let Paige know how you found out about about her and her services and content. Subscribe and never miss the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, CastBox, or any other via RSS. If you found value with this episode, I would really appreciate a rating and review on iTunes or comment on any other podcast listening platform. Oh, and uh, tell your friends or family or fellow content creators about the show. That will also help. Follow the show on all social media platforms, Black Canadian CC. And at last, visit bit.ly forward slash Black Canadian CC. That's capital B, capital C, and then capital CC to join the group on Facebook. All right. Till next time. Bye. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Make sure to... Jim. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. We're on the air. I need to try it first. With Zero Sugar and refreshingly delicious, is Coca-Cola Zero Sugar the best Coke ever? Pick up a half-liter six-pack from your local giant today.